Welcome, everybody. Brian Tuck here, your host for Creative Confidential. It's been quite a long time, and I told you over the summer, if you're a newsletter reader, that I was bringing the audio podcast back in the fall, and here we are. So today, I have a conversation that uh, I intended for this to be about a five or ten minute spot with um, a songwriter, uh, musician, drummer, good friend of mine, Chris Cummings, who uh, released a really good, really good record that we'll get into in a minute. And uh, the conversation just stretched into about 30 minutes, and I thought this was good for a standalone episode. And I'm very glad to be back with you and and do this kind of content. We're not going to get into any legal-ish stuff today, although that ostensibly is the purpose of of this podcast. Um, but rather, we're just going to talk about how to build a creative project and do it in an, in a comprehensive, interdisciplinary way. Without any further delay, this is my conversation with Chris Cummings about his upcoming solo record, Chris Cummings and The Way. Check it out. Okay, we are here with multi-instrumentalists. Can I call you that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, drummer, producer, creative force, drum teacher also, by the way, if you're up in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, Chris Cummings. Hello, Chris. How are you, buddy? I'm great, and thanks for having me, Brian. I appreciate being here with you today. Well, my pleasure. We've only, We've known each other a long time. And we'll try to keep the inside jokes to a minimum. Um, but I, the thing that prompted, um, you know, prompted this was uh, this killer record that you just released. And I've known you as a, a drummer primarily for years and years and years. And I did not know you were, accomplished on other instruments this always fascinates me because i i've tried to play guitar like at least five different times and i can't do it i don't know what my problem is i just can't i can't do it so whenever i see a drummer that can like oh man he can play piano he can play guitar how does he do this how tell me about your um sort of your your introduction whether did drums come first did guitar come first what was your first instrument oh okay so uh my first my first instrument was accordion okay uh naturally (laughs) of course well my father was a mummer and uh you know there was always music in my house that sort of thing um then you know i started singing in a choir um and then my brother started playing guitar and he got himself in some bands with that had some recognition and things like that. So the drums came a little bit later, not much later. It was around 11, 12 years old when I started playing because the drummer that was in my uh, brother's band at the time left his gear at our house and awesome old Ludwig super classic, you know, with the lacquered finish. It was just a beautiful instrument. I say this for the drum geeks and for you, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, as I sit here b- behind a black lacquered uh, 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 Ludwig kit. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I get really just got the hooks in me, you know what I mean? Uh, at that point, um, you know, watching what he did when he played, when they would have rehearsals 
And then he'd start showing me things. And then I would just play every day, every single day I would play. And uh, there was nothing else I wanted to do after that, really, you know. Um, now, uh, you know, you flatter me more than maybe you should on, you know, the multi-instrumentalist thing. I am not a, quote, guitar player or piano player. I play those things. I have them in my home, you know, uh, but I've never, like, I would never go out and gig on any of those instruments, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I have, like, fronted a band and, and done singing that way, but I'd never go out as a guitar player or a piano player or a bass player, you know. Um, these, to me, are uh devices for me to get my songs put together you know and really to take that a step forward when referring to this record anyway not my musical upbringing but referring to the record you know it was about i knew if i could structure things certain ways and then hand them off to the right players for the vibe i wanted on the song um i i knew it would work you know so uh, which was the whole approach to producing the album, you know? So, so that's, that's how it started. My first thing was a, a plan in the accordion, you know, um, which I really didn't dig, you know, um, <laughs> they're heavy, you know, you know? Yeah, Other yeah. Things. yeah. So, uh, you know, and then when there were drums around my house that I could play, it just fascinated me. So that's my story. So so the record that we're talking about, we probably should have led with this, of course, is the self-titled Chris Cummings and The Way. Yeah. Which is a full length. Um, I It sounds that's an old guy's term. Full length. It's an LP. It's a long player. Um, but, you, you know, you had started to put out, um, you know, one song would come out and then a couple weeks later, another one and then another one. Yeah, yes. And, and the song we're going to hear later on uh in in this episode is is Dreams. Mm -hmm. And uh tell us a, a little bit about that track in particular. Um so so <laughs> Dreams is really about you know everyone working a day gig, you know what I mean? No little kid wakes up and says, oh, I want to work for the phone company. Oh, I want to be a product manager. Oh, I want to be an accountant. That's no little kid's dream ever, you know? Um, yep. And I think this song is reflective of that, you know what I mean? And, and I think it's relatable. I think most of the tunes across the album are very relatable. And, uh, you know, basically, you know, like this, this song to me really kind of had to be the first one to anchor this collection. Uh, and the reason for that is, is because I think everyone's really feeling it. You know, I don't know too many people, you know, you know, it comes back to that question, you know, what's your dream job? I don't dream of labor, you know? Uh, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, I dream of, uh, you know, yeah. most people, if you ask that question, they would come up with, you know, something leisurely. Right. I want to be at the beach. I want to be in the mountains. I want to be in the forest, wherever people go to uh, right. find some some peace and quiet. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And and, you know, really, that's what this tune is about. You know what I mean? We're all so busy at, at the grind that there's going to be dreams that people never see and dreams that, you know, uh, certainly I know I've gotten within inches of, um, you know, and then they kind of blow by you and you're back at the grind again you know what i mean so and i think that's a very relatable thing for a lot of people you know i don't know 
a lot of folks who are living the lives that they thought they would when they were younger. You know what I mean? In, in the ways they saw them then. Fortunately, maturity takes over and uh, we learn to enjoy, you know, uh, our lives as they are, you know. But that's really what this is. Now, as far as the tune itself, the players, it's like, you know, this has got killer players on it. Of course, someone you've played with, Dan DeCellis, mm-hmm. um, who completely changed the color of the tune as soon as he put his tracks down, you know, which was amazing. Um, uh, Dave Lewis from down in Reading. Uh, Dave is one of my favorite guitar players. He, you know, he and his wife, Amy, are just amazing people, amazing players. Uh, and, you know, Dave just has this muscular way of playing the guitar, man, that I, I really identify with. Uh, Nick Capazzolo uh, played bass on this one and brought beautiful tones into it. And then, of course, you know, the great and powerful Carter Lansing from Acoustic Kitty Project. He's the one, you know, that I challenged with singing this one first, you know, which I pushed him a little bit because I knew it was at the top end of his range, you know. Mm. But he really knocked it out of the park, you know. So that's, you know, as far as the structure of the tune, um, that's how, you know, everyone that's on it. And this thing was completely remotely produced. The only thing on this tune that that people will hear that was recorded here were, were the drums and my background vocals on the bridge, you know. And I should mention Bob Giovanetti did an outstanding job doing the mixing. You know, he makes everything kind of jump right out of the speakers or earbuds or whatever you're listening to. So, yeah, that's that story, man. Well, the engineer is always the fifth member of the band or the sixth, you know, however many members you have, the engineer is that plus one that. Yeah. Really, if you have the right person can give, you know, give the piece a shape or an attitude or a feel that might that you might have intended, but, you know, only by, you know, only by combining all these elements in certain, you know, in a certain combination and accenting, you know, like I've always enjoyed, um, you know, the, the times I've worked with, uh, I have not worked with Bob, but um, I, I know him by reputation. Certainly um, a lot of, he does a lot of, a lot of work, uh, a lot of good stuff too. Yeah. Um, but I always like the times I worked with, with Jim McGee. Um, sure. I always enjoyed just sitting back and watching him know when, okay, the guitar needs a little more juice right here. And then I'm going to bring it back down. And, and you'd hear these elements, you know, coming up to the surface of, yeah. of, of the song and then, and then, you know, going back into the mix as it were. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I was about to ask you how this, knowing how difficult it is to get people together I mean, yeah. the dynamics of everything really have changed. Um, and what, what, so what did you do? You, what did you record first as a guide for everyone else? What was the okay. rough track? Uh, so for all this stuff, the, the typical way I would do this would be to do my drum parts first. You know, I'd write the tune, of course, and that typically happened on the guitar, a little bit with the piano, but typically on a guitar. Um, then I come down and um, put down the drum track, you know, and I would give basically before sending it out, I would have the final drum track done that, you know, 
I don't even know what else is going to get. I, I, in my head, I know what else is going to get layered on it. But what you think and what it turns into sometimes aren't always the same. And that's okay, provided, mm-hmm. provided you have amazing players. You know what I mean? I produced the album not by telling everyone exactly how I wanted them to do it and being a little dictator, but by letting, by knowing who's right for which songs and letting them be themselves, you know? Um, so I would take and do my drum part first, scratch out a guitar part, scratch out either the melody on a piano or just, you know, scream into a mic, uh, typically do a bass part myself and then, you know, hand it off. You know, that's the, that's the general MO with this and how I'm going to continue to do my own work at least, you know, and, uh, you know, the first, the first stop on this one was with Dave Lewis, you know, and he started putting guitar tracks down and then it was, Mm -hmm. uh, Nicholas. All right. And then, uh, you know, uh, Carter sent me his vocals with some acoustic guitar and Dan did the final, you know, as Frank Zappa says, Dan put the eyebrows on it all with what he did. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, and and it, you know, and what happened as soon as Dan came in, you know, it turned from being this kind of like pseudo Pete Townsend slashing thing into, you know, put this whole tune, dare I say, into a, a Springsteen space. You know, uh, that is because- that's an apt description. I was it it has that wide open, uh, kind of character. Yeah, that Springsteen character to it. I mean, it's. Well, I'm not saying that Carter sounds like Bruce or anything like that. There's no, just, no, not not at all. Just the feel, the vibe. Yeah, there's something. The first time I heard it, it was kind. Of, I thought it was reminiscent of that thing, which yeah. I know you primarily as a jazz drummer. So, um, <laughs> I w- I had to really do like a wow. double take when I yeah when I when I first heard the fir- you know the first uh, the intro just like ten seconds into yeah. it i'm like what the heck is this this is not at all what uh <laughs> what i what i thought it was going to be in a good which you know in a, in a good way um yeah well we're yeah. going to give a listen to dreams and um chris how do people follow you so yeah uh the best place to follow uh you know what's going on and what's you know out and all that, the store and all that is on my website, chriscummingsandtheway.com. And that and is A-N-D and not an ampersand. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, had, I actually haven't even made a social media, like a Facebook page just for this. I'm just doing it through my own connections. And then, of course, people can follow me if they're interested or at Chris Cummings Drums, either on Instagram or TikTok as well. So um, I post it all there and at my core. Yes, I produce. Yes, I teach. Yes, I write. But at my core, I'm a drummer. So Chris Cummings drums and uh, you can find those on Instagram and, and TikTok, like I said. But the, the, for this project and this album, Chris Cummings in the way dot com. There's video out there. There's uh, songs. You could pre-order the actual uh, album uh, for digital download. You can order discs directly now um and i have some other things some merchant things going on there now too so right so we so we've got some we've got physical product i hate calling yeah. it. i'm sorry yeah. i hate yeah. i hate it when people do that to me but we've got cds um yeah. 
also. So I'll link to all of that in the show notes. So if you're if you're uh, listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you will see all those links in your app. Go buy the CD. Like, don't stream it on. I mean, you could welcome to stream it on Spotify. God bless you. That's great. But go go buy the thing. Like, get it in the mail and have it in your house. Yeah. Um, I'm really trying to spearhead to the, I mean, or, or influence or emphasize uh, going back to physical because whether it's books or um, film or, or music uh, relying on these streaming platforms for anything, I think is, a, is not the way to do it. No, it's not sustainable. And plus, if you get the disc, you get Lisa Lake's beautiful photography and layout and artwork and the, everything about what she did for this is absolutely astounding. Now, if you don't know Lisa's Lake, Lisa Lake's work, you can go out and look for her. Uh, she's a remarkable photographer. She, you know, I mean, like this week, she's, you know, uh, did Stevie Nicks's thing. Um, you know, Taylor Swift, Aerosmith, doesn't matter what it is, she's done it. You know, her pictures have been in all the fashion magazines as well as tons of the music magazines um, and so on and so forth. And she's just one of the coolest people I know. So um, yeah, they, you know, that's the other benefit which you don't get from your streaming thing as a, as a real art package, you know? That's, so. yeah, that's something I, I had meant to mention and I neglected to. So thank you for saying that. You The, the layout, for the you know for those who are under 30 years old that are listening to this you, music doesn't just fall out of the sky like it doesn't like there's a lot of work that goes in to right. to you know even songwriting's hard you know and i know it it's you know it's it's something you think well you're sitting in a room with a guitar how how difficult can that be but to come up with something that people are going to remember that has some kind of impact going forward is not easy. And then you have to assemble the players and then you have to record the rough tracks. And then you have to get, you know, all the other players parts assembled and mixed. Then that's only half the battle. That's just the audio portion. Then, you know, the, the effort that Chris obviously put on the packaging um, when you, when you see it, uh, is a whole other dimension to the the work that you don't get from just hitting, you know, hitting a hitting a, a button on your phone to get right. to you know some playlist. You know, I know I sound like a bitter old guy, but, but no, but know. it's a good point. And you know, like to me, all right. So let me kind of tie in the 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 other stuff to this project all right uh, i've also done videos for every one of the tunes on the album and the, the way the release is going to work is i did the dreams video first and then the digital release and the streaming release uh the next one is going to be called i'm still alive which actually features another you know bevy of great players not the least of which is my my youngest son Emmett, playing guitar um but uh so it'll be i'm still alive on video uh, and then the di digital release of that. All right, so there will be all of this, you know, How video that's coming out with that. And then um, when I do the final streaming release of the entire album in January, I'm gonna do, uh, I'm in the process of making a documentary about it. 
uh, just, just with me in it, talking about the tunes, talking about music, a little bit of playing on the drum set for drummers that are interested in it uh, with some narration underneath that. Um, and then on top of that, I did a whole bunch of these influences paintings as I was going through through this. Actually, there's there's one painting for everyone who played or was some somehow contributed to the album, um, you know, and, you know, the players will get that at the release party uh, at Connections Gallery in January. So um, I tried to take a kind of a holistic artistic, you know, um, <laughs> sorry for the bad rhyme. Uh, no, no, no. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. I, I, you said so many things in this scent. We got to unpack. I, <laughs> you know, when I when I when I approach Chris, I'm like, this will only be like just a five minute thing. You know, real quick. Um, we got to unpack something here. Yeah. Anybody that has any involvement, whether as an on screen person or an editor or a uh, a camera person or a script writer in making any video content that's worth anything knows what a mat. This is why the, the podcast is audio only because I refuse to go through the torture that yeah. is the video thing with the light. You know, you got, do you have the right lighting? Is everything right. blocked? It's just even... It's a lot. Uh, let's just say it that way. It's a hell of an undertaking to do one video that's three or four minutes, let alone how many are you doing for the record? Five. There's five videos. They're all done. And oh. let me let me tell you how I did it. I need a uh, break. I need a vacation just hearing this. this is oh, yeah, yeah. It was painful because I've never done that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically, uh, I subscribe to a bunch of stock footage websites and, uh, you know, just streamed all the content to get, you know, uh, uh, strung all the content together, bought myself a video editor to do it and, you know, basically did it that way. And I think, you know, I think the, the, uh, the videos are pretty compelling, very relatable to everything that's going on in the, in the tune itself, you know. Uh, so yeah, you know, I actually had a, a musician approach me about doing one of those for him. And I, you know, like it's, when I started calculating the hours it took just to do one, the, yep. and, and I applied my base teaching rate to it, I was, you know, it was astronomical, you know? So, and now, and now I understand even better why the editing guys get the most money, you know? The story so, is told in the editing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Just like the record is made in the mixing, the video yes. the video story is told in the editing. Yeah, and so I'm going to take those five videos. I'm basically going to do a, a short film. I'm going to try and keep to 35 to 40 minutes, including the, all of the five videos, and basically do a narrated section over some grooves with a tight shot on the drums, and then, you know, a uh, uh, shot of me, you know, talking about the tunes, kind of like we're talking about them today, uh, and then bang into the video. Doing this means that, I, one, I can actually present it as a film, along with possibly my paintings, because that's some of the, uh, some of the other things we're talking about mm -hmm. uh, for the release. Uh, but also, 
then I don't need to actually have a bunch of my friends come and play and I don't need to worry about bars or anything else. That's why I'm going to do it in an art gallery. Yep. No, that's a very cool way to, to approach it. Right. Right. So there's still a presentation of the whole record. It's just not going to be, you know, well, like, you know, like I've said in the past, you know, throw them in the corner and we'll put the sports on the TV above their head. I'm laughing as you say that we got one place out here, which I will not name. <clears throat> and they, they, so like when there's quote unquote live music. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a place like this in every town, right? It's not specific to where I live, Yeah, but there's a place that, when they they advertise live music and invariably it's one person a singer guitarist yeah. right yeah. acoustic guitar and vocals fine which is great like nothing wrong with that and the spot in the pub where this person has to stand is right in front of the restrooms so oh my god yeah so yeah. they so there's like this sometimes on a on occasion there's a, a live stream yeah. of the performer and you have 500 people walking back and forth going to the john uh while this you know while this person's trying to you know sing uh brown eyed girl or whatever whatever i knew you were going to say that <laughs> it's my go to it's my yeah, go to yeah, yeah. song hey you can't go wrong with gary chester man um so, so yeah, yeah. I, you know, like there's so much indignity in certain gigs anymore. I just yeah. won't do, I just, I can't even bring myself to do them. You know, I went from doing like 120 nights a year, uh, in 2019 mm -hmm. COVID and I was relieved. And by that point I was already, you know, my whole business model was changing to remote recording. I was yep. starting on this project. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it just, so, so like for, for me to go out with, go out and gig right now really requires a couple of things that I love everyone who's on the bandstand uh, and that the place uh, doesn't fill me with rage because of the, <laughs> that you mentioned, you know? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's where I'm, I'm at. I'm with you. I've at, at, and maybe it's just I'm a little bit older or whatever, but. I think how you present, obviously the way you present something has a massive impact on the way people receive and perceive it, the yeah. thing. So if yeah. you're presenting it in an art gallery or a museum or in some kind of quote unquote non-traditional music venue, I, I, I think you have a better chance to connect with the people that you want to connect with that, yeah. that, that you can build a stronger relationship with audience wise. Yep. And yeah. And, and, you know, like, it's funny you mentioned that because that, you know, like usually when people come out to, to, to see me play, you know, you get a 10 or 15 minute break between sets and that's the time you actually, get to interact with the people on, on a one-on-one -on -one basis, which is mm -hmm. I value more than the, the collective staring at me playing. Um, you, you know, so, so like this affords me that opportunity as we go through it, you know what I mean? Uh, says, so, you know, that, that, that January release when it's 
finally all done, um, we'll, we'll afford that as opposed to maybe I can, you know, take 10 minutes and talk to the 20 people who came out to see me, you know? So yeah, it's a definitely a different experience. And uh, I hope the perception is different. I, you know, I tried to, again, you know, look at this whole thing as a complete art project, you know? So. Well, it's cer it certainly comes across that way <clears throat> uh, to me, you know, with your emphasis on bringing photography and video into yeah. it as, as part of the whole, not as these add-on things that are incidental right to the songs you know Correct. so Correct. well we're going to uh we're going to let uh let's let's get into dreams right now and everybody enjoy uh chris's links will be in the show notes and check check him out follow the follow him on socials etc and the uh listening party for the, or the album release uh, Connections Gallery that Chris mentioned, that's in Easton, uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, Easton's a cool town. For If you haven't been there, um, that it, it that takes a lot of people by surprise when I say that uh, down here in suburban, you know, suburban Philly. Uh, really good restaurant scene and a couple of great museums and you're right on the river. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of good, a lot of good players, a lot of good musicians up there. Oh, tons, tons. I mean, you know, we've got people here that, you know, played on records you and I grew up with, you know what yep. I mean? That are all moving here from the city because it's a, a better cost of living and a better environment for, for them and their families now, you know? So, absolutely. Okay, well, here we go with Dreams. Check it out. <laughs> 